requests? Are you like a DJ now? You know what my request is. My request is you get off your phone. I'm, make, I'm taking notes. <laughs> He's working so hard. We're live. Oh. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you too. <laughs> we're just like fighting in the behind the intro. Oh man, I think we're gonna give away a ukulele today. Really? <laughs> Why not? We're gonna give away your ukulele. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done with that. I think we're gonna give away a ukulele. Uh, we'll tell you how to win one later. Um, <laughs> it's a Cor- Cordoba uh, ukulele. I don't know. Cool. It's like a hundred and fifty dollar value. Nice. What do they have to do for the ukulele? We'll tell you them. Have to tell them later. Okay, got it. <laughs> Still learning the ropes. Ralph's got his sunglasses on He just on woke here. up. Yeah, he just... Oh, my God. <laughs> you're, you're like in full risky business mode right now. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. I think this is ex- es- ep- episode... <laughs> episode 25, I think we're at now. Wow. Maybe. We're 25. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, how's everybody doing today? We're doing good. Ralph's phone keeps going off. Yeah, it's 24, I think. 24, 25. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. Uh, what were you doing at 24 years old, Jake? At 24 years old, I was already living down here in Florida. And oh, I my first job, I think, um, which we can talk about um, later. It's a good mm. good topic. Um, I was either <laughs> my first way. or second job. I um, I changed jobs a lot when I um, came out of high school college um i changed jobs six times in five years never fired wow. never fired once i just either got really bored or looked for a better opportunity um but we can it's talk not a bad about, thing i've done the same you know it's i i like i get bored easily as you probably understand like, usually i'm like let's do this let's do that let's do this and working for like a regular job sitting in that cubicle or doing whatever i, I, I like to think i'm pretty good at doing things and so I kind of mastered the different projects and I was just like so bored with them. Like the first job I had was like IT and I was like, okay, I'm just sit here in front of this one server. We just had one server and just kind of make sure nobody sends viruses and stuff. And I was like, okay, this, what else can I do? Can I do graphic design? So I kind of started doing graphic design and then switched to another job. Oh, this is funny. It's, um, I had this job for two weeks. This is one of those jobs. I was like, <laughs> I made the wrong decision. Um, uh, I had a good job at my first one out of college, um, down, down in West Palm beach, beautiful office, 14th floor overlooking the ocean. Nice. Best, office ever and then i just wanted to get out of there so i found another job like all the way up in stewart and it was on the water i was like trying to find jobs on the water for some reason <laughs> you thought you were gonna like go surfing before and after yeah work. and uh the found that and i like literally sat there like for the first two days and looked around and i was like this company's not going anywhere right now i need to get out so i actually was able to get out and find a job in like in a week um that time so it uh i you know I, I it wasn't for me that that life that workforce wasn't for me um but anyway yes five years i had six jobs and wow was, um pretty good at it too finding those jobs going that's on that's not my, usually I, recommended it's not no. but i actually <laughs> funny enough i wrote a book about it um it's called <laughs> I, yeah, sold fi- I sold five copies to uh <laughs> your parents to friends and your family, in-laws <laughs> and um it was called sure fire hire how to g- how to get hired in a down market because it was around that's you cool. know, around that time was everything that happened so um it was like a 150 page book and went through wow. all the steps that i did of like how if you're going to use monster or career builder or whatever they are how to you know how to get around them and get right into the person's inbox and <laughs> stuff like that and if somebody left an email address or a phone number don't just submit your resume. Call them to see if they got it. Mm-hmm. And all these different types of things. That's so. smart, actually. Yeah, I was pretty good at it. That's like the one one of the good things I'm good at in life is switching jobs. 
And I haven't switched <laughs> this one in five years. Thank God. This is our fifth year. Wow. Five. That's really exciting. Yep. The big five. Yeah. Have you been here the whole time, Ralph? What, in Florida? Five years. No, not in Florida. When, when I came in, what, year two? Uh, yeah, I think so, year two. Year I came two. in year three. I gradually just increased my work. You were kind of like year one. Uh, you knew about it year one. I remember you started it. I mean, you were still, uh, you were still my vendor at the time with your, your job. So we were basically talking every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, this is our fifth year of the Alternative Daily. And um, it's going well. We're expanding out other content. Uh, and yeah. Where are we going next with this one, Megan? <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> I just got back from Colorado. You're always traveling. I was traveling. back out in Colorado. Yeah, I've been trying to travel a lot. I um, was visiting my best friend in Denver, Colorado. It was so nice. It was beautiful there. The weather was about as warm out in Denver as it is here. It was like 60s during the day. It was so nice. And, then, and then at night, it was a little colder in the 30s. But I went, I went snowshoeing, which was did you, really did fun. Did you ski again? Did you? No, I did not ski. We just stayed in Denver and then went out to Boulder. So I went snowshoeing, which was really cool. We went out to Fort Collins. We just sort of kept it more not ski trip because I had never seen where my girlfriend lived. And Denver is a really cool city. It's building so quickly. So they, I think they were saying it's like 8,000 people a month are moving out to Denver. So everywhere you look, it's, everything is brand new. Right. So it's really, really, it's actually quite nice. Feels sort of how, I don't want to compare them, but it had a feel of how it was when I was in Austin, Texas, like a place that's like building so rapidly. Yeah. So there's so many restaurants and stores and bars and activities outside you can do. And the weather was so nice. And again, we went snowshoeing. So I was in the snow. But it was What's the point of snowshoeing. It's more just like being able to hike while it's Does it like tennis out. rackets on your feet. It's yes. it, it's kind of scary. They look like what you would picture like an old school bear trap, mm -hmm. like that a trapper would use. That's what it looks like, and you have to strap them to your boots. I was like really worried it was going to be. I was really worried it was going to be awkward, but it's cool because you can really you walk. You can walk in a lot of snow and stay really high right up on, on the snow. So that was fun because we were able to hike. We hiked in a place called Estes Park, which uh, is right near Boulder. It was so beautiful. So. It was a lot of fun. Where's our next trip? I'm going to Mexico in two weeks. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. That's for my birthday. My birthday's two weeks from yesterday. Happy birthday. Not yet. Um, how long are you going for? Just for a few days. And where are you going? Um, where, can going they, where can they find you? you where can, can find me. <laughs> I'll be in Playa del Carmen, Tulum, and Acumal. Are you really? Mm -hmm, yeah. Oh. Gonna travel like the Yucatan. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've wanted to be see Be careful them. in Mexico. I know. I, I'll be fine. I, um, my mom's more freaked out like about the Zika virus which I'm not worried about at all. But I really want to see the ruins. I've seen some ruins before, Mayan ruins years ago. And um, I really want to go see the Tulum ones and Chichen Itza. And in a place called Akumal, you can like go right into the beach. Like it's right on the beach. You can go right into the water and all these sea turtles are there and you can swim with sea turtles. Wow. And you can do that right out of here. I know. But, Wait, so how know. many times have you been to Mexico? Because I would see that this would be like your fifth time. I've been, I've been to Mexico. Four times in college. Yeah. <laughs> How many do I remember? No, I've been to Mexico. Yeah, I would say I think this will be like my fourth or fifth time. Then where did you go before? I've been to Cozumel. I've been to Cancun. I've been to Costa Maya. Have you been to the uh, Pacific side yet? No, I have not been to the Pacific side. You've been to Cancun side. twice. I have been to Cancun twice. <laughs> You're yeah. In college? Did we make out that one time? <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so what's after Mexico? Jeez. Not the, the, all day, the all daily retreat, of course. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Ralph, where, uh, do you have any upcoming trips back to New York anytime <laughs> soon? Oh, or? man. Oh, you just got back. Yeah, I did get back, and I got three trips already planned, and that doesn't include the second half of the year. Back to New York or to other places? New York. Oh, New York. Going back. 
Yeah, I got communions. I got <laughs> I got a bunch of family oh stuff. My Ralph comes from a very big Weddings. Italian Catholic <laughs> Long Island family. Love it. Yeah, Absolutely. my family thinks plane tickets are free. Do you want to um, <laughs> Do you want to travel anywhere else, like outside of New York, or is that it for you? Yeah, propose a trip. I'm down. <laughs> where, I'll where, go anywhere. Where would you go? Like if you had, if I if you had to go right now anywhere else other than New York, where would you go? I would go to San Diego and give that a whirl again. Yeah. I'm not necessarily into going uh, south of the border, Mexico. I haven't been there yet. It's just something about uh, not knowing Spanish that kind of freaks me out. Gotcha. Okay. okay, I respect that. I would go. So so Mexico it is. <laughs> Mexico it is. All right. Yeah, I um. I Where are no- you going next? I got nothing planned for the next really? three months. Nothing. No, you've been traveling a lot. Nobody coming in town. Oh, that's really. Nothing. You just had guests, Doctor Josh and his family, right? And then right after that, we had um, Gina's college friend and with wow. her, her fiance. That's We've nice. literally had guests since. Um, the holidays. Thanksgiving, yeah. thanks, th- since Thanksgiving, I think we've had like one week, a one week breather. And so I, like, I don't have anything planned. Like Gina's like, what do you want? Do you want to go out to dinner with my mom like on Friday? And I'm like, can we not plan that? Can we just kind of <laughs> see how it goes? Uh, no, it takes its toll on you, but uh, I'm not complaining. First world problem. But I can tell you who is complaining. Oh, yeah. what a segue. Oh, We're working on those transitions. So there is this young lady who was working at a very famous uh, review um, website called yelp this is really interesting so a young lady by the name of talia wrote an article she's 25 years old is talia it do you think it's talia or talia talia oh maybe talia that's interesting how oh. do you want to go forward with it i'm gonna call her talia still okay so talia jane she's 25 years old she lives out in the san francisco bay area and she is a customer support agent for yelp's food delivery app so yelp has a an app called eater 24 which helps you like even places that don't do delivery it's a company that will deliver for you they basically essentially pick up food from a restaurant for you and deliver it so she wrote this open letter to the ceo jeremy stoppelman who's the ceo of yelp and eater 24 about not being paid a living wage. And she says that she makes $12.25 an hour or after taxes, $8.15 and that she spends 80% of her paycheck on rent in the Bay Area. Now, most people know the San Francisco Bay Area is like the most expensive place. It's even more expensive than Manhattan, living in San Francisco. So she talks about the fact that she spends 80% of her paycheck on rent. She can barely afford groceries. Instead, she has to live off of an economy-sized bag of rice plus the free food that's provided to her at her workplace. So then two hours after she posted this letter, she gets fired. And Yelp said that it was actually a result of the letter violating the company's terms of conduct. Sure. So this letter got viral, as things tend to do, with a lot of people supporting but also people against her. Because people were saying they feel terrible for her. She started a GoFundMe account. How old is she? 25 years old. Okay. She started a GoFundMe account where people were donating. Because this letter basically, you read this letter and you think, oh my God, this poor girl cannot afford food. She cannot afford to live. And then there are the people on the internet that took it in the other way and were finding her on social media. And they found her on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And they were calling her out because she posts photos being out at a club which costs being, money being out eating a fancy meal she was like photographed in a fo- in one post that she posted yeah. her holding like some fancy bottle of bourbon and so all these people are now coming out saying wait a second if this is really true nobody's really feeling sorry for you because those things that you're already doing cost money right so then there's a girl who's a writer she wrote an article her name is stephanie williams 
this article is so amazing. You can find it on Business Insider. Her name is Stephanie Williams. And she basically rips into Talia's open letter, basically talking about the fact that She's about to be 30 years old and she recaps her 20s about how when she was let go from her first job at 22, she had to start being a a bartender and it was in her hometown because she had to move back in with her parents and how she was so embarrassed in the beginning because she would have to see all the people she graduated from high school and college with now seeing her as a hostess and a bartender and she spent so much time crying and she wasn't able to travel or shop or do anything and yet slowly over time, she worked her way up in this restaurant. She ended up being the head bartender, made a lot of money. She talks at one point how she was making you know like sixty thousand dollars a year as a bartender. Right. She was able to move out, right. put her passion into writing, and that's what she does. So she was basically talking about the fact that nothing is guaranteed. Like you shouldn't just assume that because you're choosing to live in one of the most expensive areas right. in the country and you work for this company that is a billion dollar company. Like basically, who the hell are you? Realize that things take what time. Was it, what was her position? Her position was that the letter was ridiculous. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. What was the what was Talia's? She was a customer support agent. Okay. So she's customer service agent sure. for Eater 24, part of Yelp. And so I read this Stephanie Williams, the business insider letter, and I really resonated with that too because for me, obviously I live in a very, very expensive place in the country or at least in the state of Florida. And I have had, since I graduated college, a number of different jobs. And even now as a freelancer, I sometimes take jobs that are not super exciting or maybe I feel don't pay a lot, but it gives me a good opportunity or I have to do something that's not so great because I'm of the opinion that if I'm choosing to live in a place or I'm trying to build this career, sometimes you have to do shitty things to make money. And I also feel as though there are a lot of people my age and younger that feel as though I'm 28, I'll be 29 in a few weeks that there are people that graduate college and think, well, if I'm not making, you know, just under six figures or I'm doing this, like, you know, I, I, I deserve more. I deserve more. And that's such bullshit because who you were starting out in our careers, you know, who are you to think that you should deserve that? So that's sort of, I agreed with the response letter. You know, I could obviously see where Talia is pissed. You know, you have this multi-millionaire maybe even billionaire person with oh yeah Yelp. no they're they're a billion dollar and company. she's a she's a customer service agent which you know historically customer service agents don't get paid the most in the company right mm-hmm. and you could probably if he's doing interviews talking about how great his life is i don't know any of this i'm just assuming um so you can understand that she's a little bit angry at that but again just like you said you're only 25 you know exactly and you've chosen to live in one of the most the mm-hmm. most expensive place in the United States. And as you're talking about in the beginning in the intro where how many of, I mean, none of us are at the same job we were coming out of college. Exactly. right? And this God. might not be your first job. This might be your second or third, but you usually go through a few. Um, some people don't. There's a few, there's a few that kind of can work their way up all the way to the top, but you got to go through a few. And I, I always entered it that the job that I'm going to get out of college is and this is not a very popular thing, but it is kind of like a stepping stone to my next job that I want to get. I kind of have this idea of what I wanted to go do in life, and it's not what I thought it was back then. But um, you kind of have this idea where I'm going to do this, get this out of college, and then take the next step. Or if you don't even go to college, I'm going to go do this, and hopefully I would like to be here. Hopefully I'd like to be owning my own company. Hopefully I'd like to be you know, manager, vice president, you know, CEO somewhere else. And so you get so lost in this kind of uh, – it's terrible to say, but kind of – I'd like to talk about the now and the moment, but this is like being lost and thinking that like you're not getting out of this, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, she was lost in that, but 
she also needs to understand that she has a choice. She doesn't have to live well, in that's San what Francisco. The, exactly. That's what the response letter you know, said. I, I Coming out of college, I had a... I worked at a nonprofit organization. I think it was making twenty-seven thousand um, dollars. I made twenty-three thousand dollars. Yeah, my first and job. if if I made it past my like ninety days, I got to twenty-nine, and I I thought I was rich. Right. <laughs> me too. Me I too. I thought I was rich. I was like the most money I've ever seen in my life was in my bank account that first time, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. And then I actually went out and bought a kayak, which completely halved my uh, <laughs> halved my my uh, uh, my income in. But it's. I think there's a, there's this age of people now that are coming out of college who are expecting these perfect jobs, right? You're expecting to make the, you know, 50, 75, 100, 250, you know, $1,000 a year job out of college. That just doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. And even as somebody, for me, I won't hire somebody directly out of college or, or somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience for a high income job just because they don't have the experience. Experience, they're... It, experience is extremely important. I mean, that's one reason that, you know, I have Ralph and, uh, and David and a few other folks is, you know, even though they didn't do a lot of work for me, because that's what happens is you pay somebody because they, do, they haven't done any work for you, but you base it on their experience. And so that's where it comes from. Now, she could stay with Yelp. She could have stayed with Yelp and worked her way up and tried to do something like that. But she just literally looked like she was saying, this is ridiculous. I'm, a, I'm frustrated with my life. I want a handout right now. Exactly. And that's just, and that's, I'm sorry, that's not how it works. Uh, I'll make a couple of points. Um, well, my second job in the city, I was doing a two-hour and 15-minute commute each way. Ouch. Yeah, so um, there's definitely But why were you doing that? Because I needed... That was the job and, I was given. And you couldn't afford to live in and the I city. And I couldn't afford... Exactly. Now, granted, I, in, in four months after my first couple of paychecks, I moved into the city because that was just asinine. I couldn't do it. You can't, you can't be a sane person on that commute. But I will say, even being in Florida, like no one uses public transportation here. No one wants to commute. No one wants, and I look at public transportation system as a, a good resource to use that no one uses down here. Yeah. It's just that type of mentality. Um, Manhattan has a great public transportation and system. San Francisco even. does too. Absolutely right. they do. And, and you should take advantage of that. You do not need to be living now in she, San Francisco. She might, she might be using it. Who knows? But, but I will say this. Make this point. Um, there are um, expectations when you get hired for a customer service position. So um, I hope she's not bitter about what the terms are of the customer service position. But if it's clearly made when she's hired that she's going to get paid X. No, that's exactly the point. It's an entry-level position. She didn't have to take that job. Right, exactly. exactly. Now, I will say this. I'm happy that that article did come out. Even though she got fired, it is uh, does spark a conversation because um, uh, a good company keeps loyal workers, and the one way to do that is to pay your employees well. That is right? true. So, so it strikes conversation on whether it's good practice, not not legislative or political, but if it's good practice for a company to pay higher wages to keep more loyal employees, um, that well, that's a fact, right? Yeah. So I don't think the company did a very good job as part as far as putting themselves in a position to garner some loyalty. Um, that's not what happened. So I actually I blame every party involved in this case. <laughs> you're like, you're like Judge Judy, right? <laughs> exactly. Everybody is to blame. Ralph the Hammer Russo coming through right now. Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit. I, I want to know. They said because the you know, company conduct is why she was fired. You know, obviously they didn't like her coming out and saying that. Of course et, not. Et, et of cetera. course not. And they but do they have did the right. respond to it. But had the way Yelp responded to it was by saying that they recognize that it's very difficult to have these positions in the Bay Area. So what they've actually decided to do now is they're going to outsource some of that in Arizona. Yeah. 
Perfect. So, well, all of her other coworkers are pissed now because now they right don't exactly. Have- <laughs> but you know, when when I asked you in the beginning, like, what were you doing at twenty four years yeah. old? I was thinking about what I was doing. Oh, I, sorry, I didn't ask no, you. What were you doing? No, that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. It goes back to this point because at twenty four, I had been working for right out of college, so I had been there for three years, three and a half years, at a, a TV network, and then the TV network went under. And I couldn't find another job on camera. And so I had to take a job working in an office as a sales coordinator. And I was there for a year. And I was miserable. I mean, I used to like get sick. I cried. I hated the job. It was so awful. But I had to do it because I was still choosing to live in South Beach. I was still choosing to have the life that I had and do the things that I did. And also because I didn't want to move back in with my parents, obviously. And so it just, it's one of those things that when I went out of that job and I was finally able to get back into television and I got my agent and now, you know, I have the life that I have. I look back at that time and while it was very difficult going through it, it made me appreciate so much more what I have now. And even now with certain jobs that I do, sometimes I take jobs that you know, are a little bit below the day rate or maybe it requires me to drive somewhere or do something that, I normally would think, well, I probably don't need to do this, but I'm so appreciative to even be getting those jobs because I remember what it was like to not have them that it keeps me, you know, like very appreciative and constantly working. And I just feel like I have friends or colleagues or, you know, even acquaintances, people that I've worked on shoots with that will be on the crew or production that will just completely complain and talk about the work and this and that. And all I can think is, Oh my God, you're so lucky to even have a job like this. If you have, you ever had a job that you've hated before? Because right. that's the well, worst. Yeah. The one rule, the one thing I always tell everybody, and um, with my boss sitting at this table, <laughs> I will. I Remember, I'm adding, I'm, adding a, I'm adding a hiring and firing. <laughs> 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 no, but what I do tell people is that there's something to complain about every, every job. job. Every single thing, so of course. So I complain. There's definitely stuff that I complain about, even just running the company and owning yeah. it. There's, <laughs> you could complain all it's day about big. it. You, you could <laughs> complain about it. You know, I, I'm going to go back to what you said, you know, what were you doing at 24? Even like, I think when I graduated, I was 22. Um, I... Actually, I didn't get a job. Like I was looking for something in the professional field to kind of like you know do something, whether it was internet based or office based. And I remember running into a roofer uh, who was a really nice hmm. guy, and he was like, "I just need some help." And I was like, "I can help you." I was like, "I need to make some money." And so I did. I did roofing in Florida for. Granted, I didn't do it forever. I did it for like two two months, and um, it was. It wasn't the worst job I ever had. He was definitely uh, he. <laughs> he was. He, he he. I don't even know how to explain this. He definitely liked to smoke weed on top of a, <laughs> of hot. Oh my god! Roof. I would love this it was, job. It was awful. Um, I didn't because I was like, "It's so damn hot. What are you doing?" But I just—it was something I was like, "I need to do this because I want to start making mm-hmm. some money." Um, and then, in addition to that, once I got my regular job and I stopped roofing, uh, I always—I've always had this kind of um, urge to whether it's you know make more or try and do more than what my current job is. So I started freelancing graphic design. I you know I started doing some magazine layouts or some photo layouts and some different things where I could make an extra couple hundred bucks. You know that if I could make five hundred bucks off of a um, a deal, that's you know that's one week's worth of pay that this person's talking about. So, you know, everybody thinks that there's just like, here's, you know, obviously you have a job in front of you, you have to do that, but you can also do stuff, you know, in the evenings, in the mornings. When I started the Alternative Daily, I had a full-time job and I would get up like at 4 a.m. just to post stuff to the mm-hmm. website. I would post, I would edit everything, I would graphic design. I was literally a jack of all trades. 
and then do my job and then, you know, come around five or six, eat some dinner. Gina, I got to work on this for three or four hours. And so right. it's, you don't get anything through easy work. Now I'm not saying that hard work is the answer to everything. Uh, Cause you gotta be, you gotta work smart, but if in the beginning stages, you have to work hard and you have to have exactly. that drive. And by this person, poor girl, <laughs> I do feel bad for her because she didn't think about the future. No. Now when anybody goes to hire, they're everybody Googles and everybody looks up the name. They're going to say, Oh, this is her, yep. you know? And so it's, she, yeah, but don't forget there are people out there that saying she did. She stood up for what she believed. Sure. Now, granted there's, there's, um, we have two opinions on it. Uh, there's, because you can look at it as, you know, hey, companies out there, don't hire $12 employees in the heart of San Francisco. It just doesn't make sense. That is a good business point, Ralph. If you are, if you are looking to build out a specific arm of your company, don't do minimum wage in the most expensive zip code. Very good point. I'm and make, also, uh, making that note so I can not do that. <laughs> but also remember, people, that you have to work starting at the bottom every single person has to start at the bottom somewhere and i think that like people that have almost a false sense of entitlement that they deserve something more whether it's because they live in a place or the company that they work for like you said and actually like the response letter the girl stephanie williams said if you were really so unhappy with your situation pick up a night shift somewhere wait tables do this do that i mean i've worked multiple jobs in the same day before i mean if that's what you have to do that's what you have to do and recognize that it's not forever i just think that the girl probably thought that writing the article her the ceo would see it and she would spark some sort of debate and then she'd be like the hero of the office and you know the funny thing is and you're fired do you know exactly (laughs) the funny thing is do you know and the number one rule whenever you're looking to leave your job etc is always Never burn a bridge. Of right. course not. Never burn a bridge. No, and she just completely imploded that. That's the one, one thing I've never done. And that's good. It's Only in role. relationships for me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah, so so uh, so Talia or t- what's Talia Jane? Talia, Talia, Talia Jane. Um, Email Jake at the alternative daily dot com. <laughs> you know, we've got some openings. We could see if you wanna come on board. <laughs> Uh, I'll monitor your email. Make sure you're not saying anything about me. <laughs> um, speaking of monitoring, yeah. Speaking of monitoring everything, there's a there's some big things happening right now between Apple and the FBI. Megan, what's going on? Okay, so many people remember the horrible shooting that happened in San Bernardino with the um, couple that went into off their office and killed all those people during a holiday party. Now it's coming out that the husband of the couple, the shooters, he had an an Apple iPhone and the FBI is working with Apple or trying to get Apple to create or give them some sort of technology that would allow them to unlock the phone. Because of course, you know, the four digit lock on the phone. They want to see if on this phone, who he's been talking to, anything at all. They just need to get into it. So what's happening is Apple is refusing to give this technology. First, they're saying that they don't have a technology like this, that they could create something perhaps, but that they don't want to create something and give it to the FBI that would allow the FBI to go around all the different sorts of channels and then just intercept phones, security, all of that. Of course, all of this started a few years ago, the big thing with NSA and Edward Snowden. And so it's really got people split two ways because a court has ordered Apple to assist in the FBI investigation cracking the password on the iPhone but in order to do so FBI wants Apple to write a new software tool to eliminate the security protections that the company already built now here's the thing as of today and this article just came out a few hours ago this morning on Wired 
it turns out that Apple's lawyers are now saying that they're going to use the First Amendment defense, arguing that if code is speech, then the government compelling the company to say something they don't want to is forcing them to break the First it's Amendment. That's exactly what I told you the other night, Ralph. Remember I was saying, if, the, if somebody comes to you and says, I want you to, I can't, um, you know, fold this paper this way. I need you to do it. They can't force you to do that. And it goes into kind of like your intellectual knowledge of what you know. Now, I think this actually came up like a year ago. Somebody needed to unlock a, unlock the um, a phone mm-hmm. um, for, for a specific court case. And it came up where there was like the number code and you can't ask somebody what the number code is because they can, they can exercise their First Amendment rights. But they can, I guess, subpoena you or whatever and actually use your thumbprint and make you put your thumb there. Oh, uh, but, awesome. but anyway, so this goes to what we were saying, which is that you, know, you hmm. can't make them do that. You can't make them create code to do that. Now, the one thing, I mean, this is why it actually goes to show Apple is they are, they are cooperating because they're saying that they could do this, but they don't, you know, what'd you say is that they could do it or that? Yeah, they, they could create this could, software. Yeah, that is right. They could create the but software. They but they don't want to because they feel as though this is something that it's like you're opening the Pandora's 100%. box. It and could right. get and, into. And so we actually, we put on, yeah. Wasn't this a special case though? Or is this for like, um, are they able to unlock other iPhones? I mean, you can unlock so here's an the deal. iPhone. So here's how it works. This Listen. one iPhone is a special case though, right? No, well, no, here's the deal is he had like the passcode lock on there. And you you tried a million you tried a bunch mm-hmm. of times, it bricks it. You just can't right. get into it. Um, if it goes onto a um, a what's called a, a known network, so like if you're back on his Wi-Fi, the phone will back up. So the phone will back up and they're saying once it will actually back up, then they can pull it off. Well, what happened was is the FBI actually got in. They were in there before, and they changed his um, like iCloud password. And so now, once you do that, it kind of like erases all known networks. And so now they actually so the shut, FBI screwed it up. They, yes, they screwed it up. They and could, that's why they're going to Apple. They now. could have done it if they didn't screw up and change the password. And so now uh, interesting. Going, so now they go back to Apple and say, "Hey, we, we need you to do this." So we ran an article the other day about how Apple is protecting your rights, and I do, I do think they are. I mean, because it's terrible what's happened. I think. 100% of all Apple employees, including Tim Cook, would say, you know, we never wanted this to happen, et cetera. But by us creating, and the FBI is saying it's just, we would just want one, you know, one operating system just for this one. We don't want to put it out there to everybody. We just want this one. But you know, in the digital age, once you create something digitally, it's, it has such a high chance of getting reproduced, right? And so they do it for this one. What happens if, you know, Tim Cook sneezes and then they quickly hand off the phone, somebody runs out, you know, it's, I'm giving some crazy examples, but just by creating it does not guarantee it. It's secure and it's only going to use one. It's going to really stink if they hack into the phone and there's nothing there. That's true too. <laughs> but <laughs> no, they I'm might not ever be able to get case. into it. They, uh, Apple might win but this. here's the crazy thing too, which is actually showing just how weak the United States FBI is, is they can't even get into it. They're literally declaring that they cannot hack into it. That's, which is crazy, right? That is crazy. And um, so it's, it's, and I think it's a little bit of, uh, on the FBI of saying, you know, we shouldn't have, you know, we need to do what we can to make this not go public. I'm stuck on, I will say this. I'm stuck on the argument that Megan just said as far as is code speech. Well, if code is speech, if you were to create a pro- product at all, is that a version of speech? Could it be argued that you create a product and that is a form of speech? Well, you're right because like this chair right here was probably written in code somewhere for so so that you know 
a computer could cut the wood and you know put it together, et cetera, whether it's handcrafted or not. I see what you're saying. But that chair, like if I develop that chair, that is my you could call it like art. Intellectual that is property. My, yes. But um, but at that point, once it's once it becomes this, it's it's not right. It's literally a physical product that's outside of you. Code literally to run any type of anything. Code is constantly running in the background. It's a no. I agree. It's a very gray area. Ooh, very, very very gray, gray area. So what side are you guys on? Oh, I just like it. Um, oh, completely on Apple side. Um, really? Yes, completely on Apple side because wow. Because if they do this, if they actually say, okay, what, you know, you know what FBI, that just means the FBI can go into any business anytime and say, eh, you know what, we need to do this. We don't care about your, your employees' privacy, so-and-so's privacy. However, I mean, you have to look at it though too. Even, even look at the telephone records and that whole debacle. Now the federal government pays cellular agencies, companies, Verizon, whatever, to actually maintain and collect data where then store the data where then they could subpoena if they need something, right? That's the way it works. So how is that different than what they're requesting of Apple right now? Hey, we need you to do this. Because literally Apple right now can't get into it. So that, but okay, so why couldn't they create something that doesn't get leaked out? Well, that's what the FBI is saying. Create something. We'll make sure that it's safe. But FBI, but Apple is saying anything can happen if this gets into the wrong hands. If right. we start doing it for just this case, then is it well, always thing, going Rob, to be something that we have if to you do? do? But the FBI phone, is legally doing it with cellular companies. When hey, it, Verizon, we need access to this mm-hmm. data. Well, that's, Verizon that's, that's then gives them. That's actually easy to get because you can. I can hack into your personal well, computer and get your call logs right now. That's. That's not that big of a deal. This creates literally a well, back it's not door. Call, well, it's, it's, it's more back- sophisticated call logs, but go on. But this is a <laughs> your call logs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this, but this literally creates a back door for. But it creates a back door for Apple. It's Apple's back door. They're not releasing that to the FBI. They're not giving FBI the code. Right, but in the digital world, things can get reproduced pretty easily. Well, make sure it doesn't get reproduced. I- I'm saying I'm, I'm looking at the viewpoint of the government and I don't really think they care, you know, of the technicalities. Hey, no, they don't. We're no, not, of course not. We're not taking on this code. We're asking you to do it and you could do it however which way you want to do it. But we don't the, really care, but we're subpoenaing, subpoenaing, subpoena, subpoenaing, subpoenaing, yeah. <laughs> we're asking you to do this. We're not taking on the responsibility of doing it ourselves. What happens? We're able and legally able to ask you to do it and then give it, give it, give it to us back. So what happens if they go into this room? Tim, is it going to happen in this room? The FBI goes in there, and right before they go in, the FBI director says, "Listen, I'm going to push Tim Cook over. You're going to take it, and we're going to have it, and we're going to create a whole cover up, right?" And they go in there and it happens. And now the FBI has a backdoor in every single phone where they can, well, look look, at, where they can literally see us right now through my little uh, you know, phone right but here. Listen, Wait for them to see Megan's waving. They, they already do this with a cell million, phone companies. Only one thing could go right there. A million things could go wrong. They're, they're already doing it with cell phone companies. But no, they're not into the phone. They could literally get into the phone to see us. They could get literally get into the phone. Yeah, but through Verizon, they could get into your phone to view who you're calling. It's a little bit different than actually saying, oh, I can see somebody through their camera. I can see what, you know, what pictures they have on their phone. I can yeah, see but that. They're not, they're not, they're just asking them to unlock the phone. They're not asking but that, them. That's, that is literally Pandora's box. You're going down the rabbit hole of, yeah, it's just this, this one time. And then they start. It's not thinking, this one time by any means. It'll right. never be this one saying. time. 
I mean, personally, but here's the other thing. Personally, the government can see whatever I'm doing. I know. Well, I feel the same I, way. I really do. I feel the same but, way. But I do believe that people should have their privacy. I just personally don't care. They can come see me in my underwear. I'll be honest with you. It's not, <laughs> even nothing a, to hide. it's not even a privacy issue with me. It's more of a commerce issue because Apple's also creating an argument with how can we sell co- uh, phones in other countries? How can we become this global marketplace and uh, have this brand of privacy and now, you know, iPhones sold in China can now be hacked by the government. Right. You well, know, that's, by the that's US what government. they're saying. I just feel like when it's a matter of national security, Apple should be doing this. Yes. And that's but how as I long, feel about as it. As long as it's done how they operate Verizon, meaning when, they, have, end, they do not have their hands on anything. Where they actually have to request from Apple for information. But where, where does it end? The what happens if you actually do have a corrupt government who then says, I want to you know, do this. I want to do that. Where, like, you, the government has to be put in check at some point. Not when it comes to national security. It'll never happen. Well, they need to get a little bit better. Because I bring this up just like the Talia or Talia lady. FBI needs to quit whining about it and get better hackers and get better developers to get into the phone. Well, don't <laughs> screw up in the first place with the password right. change. Um, I will say this. Um, I don't. This is one of many things that I don't look at as a black and white issue. It's not black of and white. Of course not. Both, okay? both sets if of lawyers the, are going into uncharted territory. Right. Here. If the government can work with Apple to get it done, they should get it done. Meaning, hey, if Apple's concern is I'm creating a backdoor for the government, well, you know what? You make sure that you have that in place only for you. Do not put the let the government get their hands on it, and you release. Uh, you do uh, what the courts ask you to do on behalf of the FBI in regards to if they need to collect any information. But the FBI's hands should never be on it, right? You, you can't guarantee that, <sighs> dude. You, you can't. can't guarantee. You can't make any guarantees exactly. ever. And that's exactly, why sh- and, that's and that's why, why Apple do doesn't want to do it because there's no guarantee. There's no guarantees, even if. Well, who's to say that the government can't <laughs> hack well, into Verizon? We thought Verizon. Jake was going to be ranting today. <laughs> who, who is to say that the government can't hack into Verizon and get access to all their stored data? But that's okay. Why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? Yeah. Because they have to go through the courts. Or they could just hack in there and get it. All I'm saying is th- that Apple... Apple is actually... By the way, Apple has tried with them. They've, they actually have their team of developers and they're, they're all trying to get into the phone. Without creating, oh, without yeah. creating, so, so they are actually helping. No, no, they're helping them, but what they're not. But the, now the FBI is saying we want you to create an iOS to install on this that has the back door to get into it, and that's the issue. It's not like they've been saying we're not helping you at all. They've literally been on there trying to brute force get into this thing and trying everything that they can, but now the FBI is saying we want you to create this backdoor iOS just for this phone for us to get into. And that's the, where the issue lies, is they have to then create a back door into these secure phones. I feel like when it's a matter of national security, so they I wanna, should be able to do it. Apple should be compelled to do this. You think I, so? I think so, yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that it's not black and white. Um, if they create it, then there has to be stipulations on how it's used in the future. So we got an email from somebody. And I'm this not, is after the article was posted online? Yeah. And I'm not gonna name names who this is but i want to read because i want to read this it says uh dear jake you actually didn't say dear jake it would have been a little nicer she, said, she was a little upset 
I don't know if it's a she. It could have been a he. Oh, we don't want to give that away. So somebody responded to you yeah. directly after you guys posted please, this article on said, alternative. Please, data. I would like to know what you, what you stand to gain by opposing the FBI in the fight against terrorism. This goes beyond privacy when Apple refuses to give up information that could break the terrorism in America. Again, okay, I, I understand her point. Um, I understand where she's coming from. It's absolutely foolish not to work with an organization which stands to protect a nation. Again. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, Megan agrees with you. Um, in your opposition, you may be helping terrorists and ISIS to fe- defeat America from within. I'm starting to not uh, agree I with I wouldn't her. give you that much credit. Thank you. I think <laughs> <laughs> privacy has nothing to do with investigating something that threatens to destroy a nation. I agree with that. Okay. I think not black and white, but all right. My only conclusion. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Ready for this to all roll downhill. <laughs> <laughs> my only conclusion, along with many others of my associates. I would like to know this person's associates. Actually, I don't want to know this person's associates. My only conclusion, along with many others of my associates, is that Apple is all a part of this terrorism and is operated by ISIS and is Muslim. That's where it goes down here. Now I just can't even take this email seriously. So now, so, so no, I will never back a company that holds information on terrorists and puts the nation at greater risk. I would also never invest in their products and I will do my level best to ensure none of my friends, acquaintances, or business associates will either. And Can again, imagine? by we the way, can't be friends. You have an iPhone. By the way, w- okay. I was really hoping it said like, you know, sent from my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> but I was reading this and but here's the crazy part is, is I'm not saying I, agree or disagree with her I, I disagree with a lot of her stances but i understand where they come from except that middle part about how this is how a lot of there's a crazy part where a lot of people think that you know apple is part of isis now i don't know if this person knows this but tim cook's gay and so i'm pretty sure that if you're gay you're, you can't be an isis i could be wrong i could be wrong <laughs> um but i know that what would that look like i i, I don't i don't think that they are fans of gay people? ISIS? I'm saying ISIS. I'm saying ISIS here. And so I don't think they that... They throw them off buildings. I don't think that Tim Cook is part of ISIS. So let me let me ask the panel here. Do you guys think that Tim P- Cook is part of ISIS? No. No, Move I over. do not. But I do agree with the letter in regards to the fact that I think Apple should be doing this for the FBI because I feel the same way about the national security. Okay. If there is some way that on this iPhone Perfect. we can get into it and find something out then I would be okay with taking that risks. Ready? So, Syria. Okay. People in there have iPhones and they need to get into one of the phones. Mm-hmm. And the Syrian government comes to Apple and says, wow, we need to create a back door. What does, what does Apple say? Yes. Do you say yes to every governmental? No. It, but I, mean, I guess so that's what, what makes slope. It, what makes it the American? What makes it the American one is the predominant one that they can get into just because well it's very public. easy it's because america is the most powerful nation on the world so that's why but you let the biggest marketplace but you let okay china china says tim because china's a big that's where they have foxconn that's where they have all of that's yep. their second biggest market right let's say china comes and says yeah you know tim we also need you to create a back door in here you did it for the united states if not we're gonna kick all your stuff out right by I, I get Tim Cook's by by saying no right now he's creating that wall and saying it doesn't and that's matter. what I and that's what I mentioned before about commerce, right? So what is it to say that other countries can't come to you and do it? If someone is breaking Chinese laws, but really what they're doing is saying something bad about the government, Apple could just laugh at them. So you want us to hack this phone because they're against 
the current regime and communism. That's crazy. However, the U.S. is asking you to do X, Y, and Z for the San Bernardino. I completely get it. That's where my concern lies in this case is um, is the whole commerce issue. What is to right. say that China can't ask you to do the same thing um, if someone is breaking Chinese laws? Sure. So that's my concern. Privacy is whatever. It is a concern, but the commerce aspect is, is the big concern for me. I actually... Can I just say this again? I blame all parties involved. <laughs> um, why is the government, why did the government let this happen? It's because Tim Cook, Tim Cook, right. um, put out a press release saying that this happened. Sure. Um, it wasn't the fact that the government wanted it to become an issue. But yeah, um, they should have did hopefully have a PR agency somewhere to quiet this <laughs> so thing down. I just want to get, I wanted to give a disclaimer that uh, for the record, I do know that the United States is the most powerful country in the world. It's where we live. It's great. Uh, I was just trying to give a little example of how does it stop at the United States one or oh, other. Absolutely. Um, so last thing I have on that is what about what constitutes the government from saying, um, Hey Jake, I know that you know Ralph works for you. Um, I need to get into his phone because I think he's a terrorist. And I'm like, there's no way this dude's a terrorist. Right. I don't want that in there. So you see what I'm saying? This, there's, it's. You're right. It's not black and white, but it's also like, how can does that does that government have so far of an overreach that everybody just has to has to say yes to them? I will say, and that, that creates an issue mm-hmm. with the, complete government over and control. It's, it's it's great though too if if this doesn't go through right because this is my big concern. This is when I think you flopped uh, like three or four times on this whole thing. Well, no, well, I, it's just every Megan, single. Me, end look, of the Megan's spectrum. like Tim Cook. She's standing hard on this. She thinks she's she's staying in there. I like to read the <laughs> argument. I mean, if the. It's not flip-flopping. If there's a benefit... <laughs> you should be a politician. If there's a benefit to um, uh, uh, Apple succeeding in their case, it is the fact that they've made a stand at every single country on the globe that they're not going to do it. Okay. All right. Now, speaking of politics... Oh, here we go. Speaking of flip-floppers. Speaking of flip-floppers. Well, actually, before, before we get in there, we should tell people how to win a ukulele. Do it. Megan, how are they going to win a ukulele? Okay. <laughs> I, I love putting you in the spot. You're like, <gasps> Okay, well, I want to make a subject line this time because I think sometimes people that listen to the podcast, now they know how to do it. It's the same every week. So if you want to win one ukulele, a Cordoba ukulele, if you want to be like Mr. Jake Carney, email us podcast at thealternativedaily.com, subject line ukulele, and tell us in your email whose side are you on. <laughs> Apple or the FBI? Really, Jake's or, or blame Megan. everybody. <laughs> Who do you or like you more, Jake or like Megan? You cannot everybody. say you're Ralph, otherwise <laughs> those answers will be disqualified. <laughs> so email us podcast at thealternativedaily.com, subject line ukulele, and tell us whose side are you on, Apple or the FBI? And, Me- and Megan will give you an hour, free hour tutorial on mm-hmm. how to play the ukulele. That's, right. That's what it comes with, like a free DVD. Uh huh. <laughs> In a bikini on your paddleboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of politics, we have Ralph Russo here for our political update. Donald Trump just overwhelmingly <laughs> won Nevada. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, you're no. Are you going to answer your own question? Um, I'm just going to throw out a bunch of stuff out there. Go for it. You, it's your floor now. We're going to go take a. Take I'm going to go dip. get another coffee. We're going to go take a. Dip. <laughs> I need. I need your opinions though. No, go for it. All right. Well. Uh, Jeb Bush uh, got out of the race prior. Poor Jeb. Um, So sad. We were all convinced that his votes were going to go to Rubio. Did that happen? Mm -mm. Didn't look like it. Why are... 
on top of that, Donald Trump won the Latin vote and the evangelical vote. What is going on? What is that? This must all make mean? Marco Rubio feel so bad. What, what, look at Cruz. Yeah. Cruz yeah. dominated the evangelical That's vote true. in Iowa. Dominated. Dominated. And he can't get the evangelical vote in Nevada. It's over. It's over. It, I'm it's calling over. it. Donald Trump? I'm calling it. Donald, there's no way that Ted Cruz can pull this out. He might He might have a chance Guys. in Texas, right? He might have a chance in Texas. But he it's got over. the support of the governor. It's, Ted Cruz did. Who is the governor? It's not Rick Perry anymore, is it? I don't know. Okay. It could be Rick Perry. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> you have one topic. Yeah, Ralph. one topic, Ralph. And you you got to know who it is. Anyways, um, the <laughs> Megan's going to look it up real quick. Um, I'm calling it. I'm calling Trump for I'm the, Trump too. the GOP. Here's what I want to know. Wh- but here's what's the deal with the brokered convention? Talk to me about that because there's talks about there might be. You don't know. Oh, yeah. I watched a video on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ralph had a late night last night. Anyway. Greg Abbott is the governor. Okay, so it's not Rick Perry. The brokered conventions, what again? Lead me into the right way. Lead me into the direction. <laughs> this really kills our credit. Yeah, we always, so we always do this live. We're doing it live. <laughs> well, uh, I, broker convention is when they come to the convention and there are no, um, there's not a unanimous um, vote for who's going to um, take the take the nomination anyways so I, i'm gonna say it's trump it could be a broker convention with somebody like cruz come through i don't see i don't know i don't know if i don't know if rubio can pull it out so it's looking like it's going to be donald trump as the gop nominee which is absolutely i hate even use the word insane or crazy because that's what everybody's saying so i'm actually going to be the opposite i was like it makes complete sense at this point it, it does. makes complete sense from, so? from when he came in last year he literally rose to the top, right? You know, back then I think it was like Jeb was maybe the first, and Trump just came in, just literally rose to the what? top and did not come down. Ralph, you normally you see in this presidential oh, yeah, thing where, especially on the GOP side in the past, you know, what it's been eight, sixteen years has been there's been a rise, there's been a fall, there's been a rise, there's been a fall. There has been no fall for him. And there's stats on that. Um, I forgot what the exact percentage is, but. Um, statistically, if you're hot in the beginning, you are not hot at the end. Right. You and know what I mean? He's been hot the entire time. But with no substance to anything he says. But yeah. He's resonating with people. He's, people are angry. Well, he's resonating to the fact that nobody wants the current, um, the other candidates to be president. Right. The other candidates. So when you look at that he won the Latino vote in Nevada. He won with everything he says, the yeah. Latino yeah. vote and the evangelical vote with Cruz sitting right there. Yeah. No, it's he um, won the evangelical vote. It's it's really interesting and I think it's also shaping up on the on the left side to be Hillary. I think it's gonna be Trump versus Hillary. Yeah. Which is gonna be interesting because they were buddies a while ago, mm-hmm. right? They were definitely buddies. He gave money to her, etc. It's going to be interesting. Here's wh- here's where I wanted this conversation to go. I'll help you, I'll steer you this way, Ralph. Is <laughs> Is, is, is Trump is willing to say whatever, right? right? I think every, I think even his followers agree with that. He's going to say whatever, and they just like that. So one day he could say he likes cheese, and the next day he's like, "Oh, I don't like cheese. Cheese is the worst thing ever." And they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't care what you said. I like that you just flip flop, right?" So what's going to happen when he has? Here's something to win to win the whole thing. You have to be able to speak to the the middle and a little bit to the other side, right? And so right now, all they're doing is saying, you know. We want the country to be conservative. That's what it needs to be, what it needs to be. But there's another half of the country that doesn't believe that. And you're not going to convert them. So how is he actually going to reach across? Is he going to come back to the middle after all of the primaries and say, all right, listen, everything I said, don't believe all of it, maybe some of it. Uh, but here's what we need to do. Blah, blah, blah. I still think there's a chance. 
after the primaries, he swings more to the center and just says, Absolutely. All right, he will. All right guys. Let's 99% chance he does that. Which, you know, I, I think for... I think a more moderate one, more moderate president is always good because you're at least trying to appease both sides. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see that. And that's, pe- that's the only way that he could beat Hillary is if he comes back to the middle and says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Here's why you shouldn't trust her. Here's where you should trust me, even though I like cheese, but I don't like cheese the one day, right? He's going to put himself in a position or play the position that he's a New Yorker. You know, to win the New York vote. To win the New York vote. Right. Um, and there's a lot which of... Is a bi- which is a, which is a big a, state. It's a big state. Um, not, not as big as Florida anymore, unfortunately. I'm but talking about I'm in, one terms of of election, in terms of election. Um, yeah. yeah, but electoral votes. Right. That's and what he's I'm talking also, about. And he also has a good... Flor- he also has a Florida um, you know, con- <laughs> a congregation down here, you could say. Uh, the Trump Doral. Uh, you know, Mar-a-Lago down Palm, there in Palm Beach. Palm Beach, yep. Um, so it's, it's going to be... I'm really... You were all excited the other day for um, uh, for, for Tuesday's Nevada caucus. You, yeah, right, he literally did that. <laughs> Tuesday. So by the time you guys are probably listening to this, uh, we'll be coming up on the Super Tuesday vote. Super Tuesday is going to be... I cannot wait. Do you wait. know what that is, Megan? Super mm-hmm. Tuesday, 11 states will all vote their primaries to see who they well, will vote. Uh, and I'll tell you what to look for right now. Texas. Texas is 150 delegates. 155 delegates? 150 or 155 delegates. Um, and now there's a debate whether it's really going to go to Cruz. Could you imagine Cruz losing Texas? Yeah. Oh, my God. Donald Trump has already been tweeting last night that he thinks Ted Cruz is going to lose the Texas vote. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. He call, well, he calls Ted Cruz a liar. He's called know, it, he's, a liar, he's Canadian. Called he only lived in Texas for a He's called him years. a couple other names, which I don't even want this to say that morning, word on this one. This morning, he's all after Mitt Romney. Oh, yeah, he's been tweeting that. up Well, a because storm. here's the latest is now Mitt Romney's asking him to show his tax records. Yeah, exactly. When it took forever to get Mitt Romney to show his tax records last time to show that he actually mm-hmm. paid a 15% um, tax rate. And the funny thing is, is did you hear Donald Trump? One of his tweets or said something. He's like, I pay lesser taxes. He's like, that's the American way. Just save as much money as you can. You know, he's like, I'm paying lesser taxes. <laughs> and it's... But here's the thing is the majority of people not, that are voting for are not, are not paying the change. same taxes. Yeah, but it's not, not going to change. But here's, but here's the good thing about Trump. Yes, I'm going to say it, is he is financing himself, right? Yes. So there is a ch- and he's not for Citizens United. Right. There is a chance that he could overthrow that, which even though I can't believe That's I'm saying tough. this, he comes in here and they say he wins the presidency, could actually overthrow Citizens United, which will actually help politics later on. So you might have to deal with something ugly to get to something really good because I think everybody agrees. When he that starts talking about it in a debate, that's when I'll believe it. It's going to come up. He's that's if he runs up against Hillary. That's you know what? As I think I may have figured it out. That's what he's going to run on is overthrowing Citizens United because she's backed by tons and tons of people. Yeah, you know what money she has? She could run her own campaign too. She doesn't though. She could. They there was. She wouldn't be opposed to it. She's not against Citizens United. She would not. She would have no problem getting why, money out of politics. Why hasn't she? Why hasn't she ran her own campaign then? She doesn't have five trillion dollars. No, five billion. I don't know. See, I think this is. I think this is where this is what he'll run on, which could actually get a little bit more of the moderates. We just figured it out. There you go, Ralph. No, no, it's (laughs) it'll never happen ever. You're not going to see Hillary out there voting for money in politics. That'll never happen. What else you got in the update? How's dating life? Dating life is. uh, It's been stale a little bit lately. I've been busy. (laughs) I've been busy. He's blaming you again. He blames you for everything. I, I was just in New York for a week. You you were off today on your politics game. 
came my in. mom was here for three weeks. I wasn't I wasn't God. dating during that time. <laughs> awesome, uh, Megan. If you want to win a ukulele, a Cordoba ukulele valued at approximately $150. Valued a million dollars. Just kidding, by the way. Enough money to sell it and fund your own campaign. Email us, podcast at thealternativedaily.com. Subject line, ukulele. And tell us whose side are you on, Apple versus the FBI. If you want more Alternative Daily, you can find us online at thealternativedaily.com. Our podcasts air on iTunes, the website, and soundcloud.com. Connect with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. I love how we're, we're covering a very, very important topic with the Apple thing. And we're giving away a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ralph, do you want a ukulele? Ralph, you have anything to plug? Um, send us uh, a message. Find him why, on Bumble. Why you are voting <laughs> Trump. I'm, I would love to, to read those responses. Anything else? That's it. You going to be appearing any places? No, no appearances. <laughs> no Nothing appearance. scheduled yet. Square Grouper and Jupiter? Ah, oh, well, you never know. Those are always last minute. <laughs> you could find me at Square Grouper. <laughs> Guanabanas. It'd be great if you like, start getting like a, like a stand-up show or something I have like that. I have to drive that Penske truck around so you could always find Ralph. You remember that one time? <laughs> the funny, yeah, when Ralph first did that, he drove a big yellow Penske truck. And uh, <laughs> I drove by somewhere. <laughs> he kept it. Like, he was like, he was like a <laughs> rental car. Yep, I had and it he was, right, he was, He's at this one place called the Thirsty Turtle. <laughs> I was like, I called him. I was like, I was, like uh, at Thirsty Turtle, honey. He was like, oh, how do you know... Oh, you can tell from my Penske drug. <laughs> <laughs> you should keep it. Go yeah. buy one. That I, was, I went for a run, and this guy has like this, um, I think it's an old ambulance, and it's, he runs his podcast out of there. Cool. comes along A1A. I forget. It's like not Ed Harris. Bob Davis podcast. Cool. Um, and uh, I was running. I was going to say, I was going to stop right in. There. I was going to stop in and just be like, hey, interview me. <laughs> Fellow podcaster here. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds unite. <laughs> Awesome. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. We're not done yeah, yet. We're not done. You can keep we'll your headphones, your headphones on. on. <laughs> we're good. All right. <laughs>